1: Learn more at marines.com. We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a
2: neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you
1: coming into this? We better send those refunds. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the up. middle, 21 in the cut. Where we we ain't hiding from nobody, running, tellin' mix up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, running, tellin' me up. Back to bad champs, kings of the north with it, thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped off the porch with it. Long bomb to chase, every Sunday watch him go and get it. Double up on him and we gon' double down on T Higgins. Just so void in the mix. Now you really iffy Every Sunday showing boys how they really gritty They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky Flip the coin, kick the toe, Roger to go and get it Never know what's gonna happen when Joe drop back He get shifty in the pocket, I get shifty on the track Nobody on the team all pro, that's all cap Most all-around team in the NFL, that's all facts And came across nobody yet, it seemed like they can hang with us They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail I dare you come across that middle, Von gon' ring your bell I know we under they skin, them boys built frail Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends Rita clogging up the middle like a big body Benz Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins Jesse in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends We just draft the camera, draft the heel Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was, cause that's the loser way it's been hundred-
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Bengals and Brews. I am the, I guess you could say I'm the host tonight. Dale, you want to take over on that? You're the hostess you with the hostess, Derek. You already <laughs> fucked it up. I thought you had this. I mean, I, I thought I had it, but it's, it's been a minute. We got Pork Chop Joe and, and Blackout Dale with us tonight, along with a uh, very special guest of ours. You might know him from, uh, I mean, freaking. I'll just say Twitter, but he's done. He works with. Uh, I'm blacking out again. <laughs> Dale, <I'm>, I think <laughs> all I'm right, blacking just
3: out. Stop talking when you here. Work,
0: first, I'm gonna sit Mister right. Evan, Evan McPhillips. Everybody, yeah, it's,
4: right? Stay in the Jungle and everything else, but you can just state bring him and 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 on right I had it right here. I had it right
3: here. actually, you didn't. You didn't have it at all. You didn't no. have it, Lord. Uh, Evan, we understand man. if you
0: just want to drop. <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. we we can't hear you, bud. Uh-oh. Oh,
2: that's Derek's fault. That,
4: that is Derek's own. fault. Damn it, Derek.
0: Damn it, Derek. Hashtag damn it, Derek. Yeah. I just
5: need
2: to start drinking.
0: I'll let
2: you guys. you guys take <laughs> yeah. over. I'll just sit here and drink.
4: Yeah, yeah. Evan, we can't hear you, brother. May I have to drop out and drop back in real quick?
3: It was Derek's fault, though, Evan. Don't blame yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he hit a button or something. How you guys yeah, doing? I'm doing pretty good, man.
4: Yeah. Good day, stranger, Chris, Ken.
0: I'm uh I'm a Crab. lot more coherent than I was, was last Friday.
4: Lincoln,
0: <laughs>
4: Derek, Derek will need a timeout, David. Oh yeah. remove
2: me from the number one spot.
3: I'm yeah. number one. It's too much pressure. too much pressure. Am I in, in the number one, one, one. spot? Yeah, can John. You, now can you can you you're up. Holy shit, does this come with a pay raise? <laughs> <laughs> yep, hundred uh, percent. I get yeah. I double my salary.
4: <laughs> no, now you have to start uh, doing all the clips. Oh, as well. yeah.
3: All right. Well, hey everybody, welcome to Bangles and Brews. I'm your host, Pork Chop, aka Chris Mertens. Yeah, registered nurse motherfucker, and doing a podcast with my best buddies here, my co-host Dale Altman, aka Blackout Dale today. Who day Joe and my buddy Orange Arrow Derek. Bengals and bruised. we got a special guest tonight. He's not popped on yet because he popped on before, but he had to pop back off because his popping wasn't going right. Evan <laughs> Miller Phillips is going to be here. You can find him on Twitter. He works with Malik Wright doing the uh, Wright Report. Is it the Wright Report? State of the, of the Jungle. State of the Jungle for First Star Logistics. For and he is a smart-ass motherfucker, a football genius. Going to answer all of our questions tonight as soon as he comes up. First, got to be a computer genius and figure out how to get back on the show. As soon as he does, boom. Meantime, Derek, we haven't talked to you today. So, what what are your thoughts on what's going on with the training camp today? The news that came out today: people staying on the sidelines, not playing, Joe Burrow, everything. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, first of all, I mean, I'm just going to cut the first three minutes of this po- or, or show <laughs> in the podcast form, so nobody hears my absolute like train wreck at the beginning. <laughs> but uh, no, I. I don't, I don't disagree with them, man. You gotta do what's, what's best for you. So, if, if they want to make business decisions right now, more power to them. I think, I think they're, I think they're going to get paid. So it's every, just a matter of when.
3: I'm telling you, after going out and getting dinner for my wife, it was so fucking hot. I don't blame them for staying on sideline. They've been out there. This is their third day in bacon ass heat. What do you yeah. say, Joe?
0: Yeah, I mean it's well. First of all, it's one day. Like you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't I don't make much of it. It it's just one day. Um obviously we we knew Burrow wasn't going to be out there. He's not going to be on the practice field for a while. T and Logan, it's like I'm guessing those deals are very imminent. Um that's the only thing it tells me. I'm not I don't think anything bad of it. And if it is like hey, we're we're finalizing things, we're talking to your agent, things are closing in, I would not want to do anything to jeopardize that as well, especially if it's really close. So, you know, I know there was some stuff out there where, you know, Kelsey wrong, Conway's David. Team. You're
4: thinking of Anthony. Anthony is the son, not Antoine. Right.
3: <laughs> You're getting your blacks mixed up, David. Right. There you go. God damn
0: it. Uh, oh goodness. Let's, it's racist, let's, let's David. try to let's try to bring Evan on. See if he's let's got see. his mic
5: fellas can you hear me Hi, now? yeah, yeah. Oh, sound Lord. i had to uh, i saw you guys with the headsets and said you know that's right. what that's this that's the, gonna be the fix and this is sure a headset enough, show know, evan you didn't get care of yeah i, I had yeah. to join in on the fun i guess so right. yeah now I'm, I'm here i'm ready i'm uh happy to be on here appreciate you guys having me on glad to see that you guys have already gotten started um sure. let's go ahead and talk some bangles man let's do it
0: yep
5: oh yeah dale did you want to kick off first
0: question
4: Oh, I'm just here. I'm blacked out. <laughs> no, uh, so we had Trey's extension. We'll start there. Right. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier, but the savings it potentially provides and the added, I think it's good all around. It helps them potentially this year. It also helps Trey have some security at another year on his deal, which mm-hmm. is all good. What are your thoughts just on the Hendrickson deal? And do you think anyone is next besides Burrow again?
5: um year. yeah uh i think that this is a good signal that we've talked previously i think on this show as well as uh our own bengal show uh state of the jungle um about how we've seen the bengals kind of take different approaches to things than they've standardly done right where whether that's um whether that's how you've um kind of handled uh either player acquisition and free agency Um, whether that's your strategy for culture approaching, for how you approach the game. Um, We've seen changes in their aggressiveness, financially speaking, toward free agents. Um, We've seen them being willing to take more big swings, have more of a progressive approach. And this was kind of the next step for them was managing contracts differently. And we saw that with the Joe Mixon, I don't want to call it a restructure, but reworking of his contract. And then you see it here with Trey Hendrickson, with them like being willing to move money around, being willing to tack on another year into a plus 30-year-old season for a player to try and get immediate cap relief. And that is something that I think follows into your second question, which was I think it tees up more space for the immediate bonus money impact, cap impact that you might get from – a T Higgins extension from, I see what you extra.
4: did there with the T's up <laughs> <laughs> a
5: That's little bit. Yeah. I yeah. Played, um, But yeah, so I, th- I think it sets up well, I think it gives just a little bit more relief for that. Mm-hmm. And we talked on our own show a little bit about this last week too, with can they keep everybody? And the answer is just a resounding yes. Right. Um, and this is where that starts with front loading that T contract, getting that cap hit now in these early years, when any would be extension for Joe or Jamar would not really start kicking in with real money for another two years. So we know the Bengals like to front load those first year or two. That would be par for the course for them and fit well with their projected timeline for everything. So I think it really means that they are very intentionally making moves to try and keep T Higgins, probably likely trying to extend Logan Wilson. They see these, these players that they have to take care of that are core pieces for what they want to do going forward. And I think they're taking steps to retain those players. And,
0: Ed, do do I, any of you guys have the the cap savings that we did from the tray move? I think
2: I mean, it's four it to a a four, the, right? yeah, a yeah. Over four, something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, to me, it's like, okay, that's an extension's definitely coming, but mm. it didn't necessarily tell me that it's not just Joe. I mean, he's gonna get yeah. a huge ass deal. Does does this tell you specifically about extensions? outside of Joe or like, that, well, that's my whole thing. I'm like, no, I, just I get that. Yeah.
5: Those. That's uh th- there's definitely uh credence to that, that line of thought. Um, I would also say that you're going to have a lot more flexibility with Joe because of the length of the contract um, being True. five years tacked on to what's right. already, I believe two years left anyways. Um, and you're, that kind of immediate input, you can spread that out, right? You can spread up to five years worth, uh, prorate that. So I, I think the way that you massage that a little bit, and they probably put a lot more of the roster bonus stuff in there for him to try and avoid putting a bunch of money in escrow and dealing with that whole fiasco um, for that reason. And for what I talked about with kind of paying people upfront and front loading a lot of their contracts, generally speaking and how it lines up so perfectly with when the money for Joe Burrow would really start hitting. Um, I I think that it shows intent. It, I think there's credence, like you said, this is creating cap room for the sake of creating cap room because we have so many players to extend. Right. I think mm-hmm. they still want to get T. I think that T. Higgins contract falls in that kind of Terry McLaurin range, that twenty five million a year range. Like not the not the Tyreek Hill. You haven't been sure. the number one receiver as much as you might think you can be. You, you get paid for what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And whether David Mogetta believes that and you know is pushing for that that's another conversation altogether but if you're talking about at that Terry McLaurin number like I I think there's complete reason to believe that this kind of stuff would help out T Higgins a lot um, and help to work that in because every bit helps you add that in and it's not just the Trey Hendrickson it's also reworking Joe Mixon's deal it's going to be probably a surprising cut or two maybe Uh, Come camp time with all the depth they have at key positions and wide receiver and defensive line and uh, in the secondary at safety and corner. So there's there's going to be maybe some surprises here and there.
4: For sure. And I popped that uh, comment up from Ken there. I don't know if you've heard any names yet, but Zach seems to think we'll bring somebody in, which it makes sense to bring somebody in. You've only got two other quarterbacks, even for late preseason, other snaps in camp. Uh, do you have you heard any names or who's somebody you think we might bring into camp? And is it gonna be Derek's boyfriend uh mm. that was in camp last Drew year? Plitt, Drew, Drew, Drew Plitt, baby. Drew Plett.
5: I'm sorry, true. <laughs> That's funny. Um no, um I don't I don't know if man, you're talking about camp bodies at this point. I mean you start getting down into the guys that have kind of been around. You're probably looking – I don't know if you're looking really to develop anybody, so you're probably just going to get one of those veterans. I mean
4: – Well, we have people – tossing out earlier teddy bridgewater and i'm like no I, it's gonna was, be more of a uh camp. he's not
5: coming in for being right camp. i mean yeah no i mean maybe like a guy like a chase daniel you know someone yeah. who's just been around the league kicked around still out there is in his late right. 30s if he still wants to be on a team at this point i mean that's mainly your kind of like veteran guy outside of, you know, the Matt Ryans and Carson Wentz's and Joe yeah. Flacco. Well, I, think, I, don't that, any of that I
4: think that's their Trevor Simeon. I think it'll be yeah, a young right. guy who's, you know, either undrafted or just somebody like that.
5: Right. Because, I mean, when you look out there, what's kind of out there right now, I mean, you're uh, Bryce Perkins, EJ Perry, Jake Lutton, Chase, and, you know, none of these guys are really, I, I think you're right that, you know, this is maybe the opportunity to kind of just take a, a camp dart throw at somebody and say, Hey, you mm-hmm. know, maybe we end up with not, maybe Bryce, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking so hard on the 49ers quarterback, Brock, Purdy. Party, there Brock. we go. Jeez, mm-hmm. I wanted to say Bryce Petty. Uh, <laughs> that's a different, different uh, flame out from college, but no, I, you know, you never know who looks halfway decent. And then you can, you know, either flip it onto another team or, you know, he gets picked up by another team and gets a chance somewhere. But I definitely think that they have their guy in Trevor. And I, I think I've talked about it a little bit when they signed Trevor originally, that having that backup quarterback for a team that expects to contend for the, not just the playoffs, but the number one seed um, is very important because you, once you get, that gap between Mm -hmm. the teams that are right behind you at one and two, which are likely going to be Kansas city, Buffalo, you play Buffalo. You are playing a lot of these teams that might be nipping at your heels between the guys in the AFC North and some of the people out there in the AFC East are going to be eating up on each other. So you have to take advantage of every game you get. So if Joe burrow happens to tweak his ankle, you know, when he creates a play and just someone calls comes down wrong on his ankle, or he jams his thumb and can't quite play for a week or two and really grip the ball. Well, then you don't have to rush him back anymore for, for fear of what might happen. If you have to start Brandon Allen for an entire game. Um, I think Trevor Simeon can more than capably handle himself. And you're looking for that backup quarterback to be able to win half of your games outright. So if Joe bros out four weeks, you want him to at least be able to win two because you mm-hmm. don't want to just keep dropping every single game because that just hurts so much when you're talking about the buys, You're talking about being that number one home seed. I know everybody wants to have more playoff games in Cincinnati. I mean, that's the way to do it is secure that number one seed. And the home field advantage in the jungle would be crazy. So I think Trevor Simeon was a very underrated move for if he's called upon winning half of those games or more is going to be a huge accomplishment. And it's definitely going to matter come the end of the season.
4: Yeah, and Jake nope. Browning's the other guy they have in camp. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys seen, he he let it slip, which we all kind of figured. The reason they paid him and put him on the active roster is there was a team that wanted him at the end of the season. He's like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I was
5: supposed to say that. <laughs> but Those, he are, said Those it's are always the there, there. When, yeah. you know, someone's talking and they're like, wait a second, I don't know yeah, if I am supposed, I I'm supposed to yeah. say that. Wink, yeah. wink, wink. Yeah, that was today. <laughs> so,
4: I mean, they do. They obviously wanted to keep him around. That's why they did that and paid
2: him a
3: little mm-hmm. money.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going to ask I was going to ask your thoughts on him actually. Um he looked pretty good today. I know they're planning on swapping back and forth with ones, but what what's your thoughts on Jake? <laughs>
5: um I I want to be respectful because <laughs> I I sat next when I worked at PFF, I sat, had the great pleasure of working with uh Zach Robinson who's now the uh pass game coordinator over for the LA Rams. And when I tell you that this man could sit back in his desk chair and I'm eight feet away and he could just wrist flick a Nerf ball so hard that it would snap into my hands. I'm not kidding. It definitely kind of paints a picture. So I want to give credit where credit due that Browning to make it to the NFL level is an excellent talent
4: Anybody there. Yeah. At the
5: same time, when you're kind of that third string quarterback guy bouncing around that practice squad guy, you know, you're, you're making good money. You got a pretty good gig. Um, but I don't anticipate any genuine competition. I think they signed Trevor Simeon with that in mind, and I know we're we're all super excited because football is 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 back in a sense. Um, but at the same time, much like we need to tell Browns Twitter seemingly every day, uh, <laughs> relaxed. Everybody's in shorts and running on airs. So. Right let's let's put some pads on and then we can start taking away some real some real projections right now the goal is everybody gets on the field and off the field right because this is when you see that this ramp up period right and this is kind of I'm rambling a little bit about CBA stuff here where they kind of shorten the the preseason part of it Mm -hmm. and this is what you see a little bit of when guys come back in the hottest months of the year start Mm -hmm. getting put in drills that are too intense for you've taken months off and though you've been training you haven't been training in the way you do for a football game and through this hot sun and everything. Um, so you see a lot of those soft tissue injuries, calves, hamstrings, all that stuff, groin, and that can just kind of linger into the season, especially groin and hamstring injuries. Um, so this ramp up period is really important. So just to see people get on the field, get off the field. That's, that's the main goal right now until we start wrapping up into camp, I think. Yeah. And what you said about all these guys can,
0: make throws Mm -hmm. in shorts i remember going to camp last year and we had four quarterbacks at the time and i i was lucky that they did the individual quarterback drills really close Mm -hmm. to to the crowd and i was just watching all these guys and i mean if you didn't see the numbers they all looked identical i mean they're all throwing just crispy good
5: motions and i'm just like
0: it makes you just appreciate kind of what you were saying. It was just like how good you have to be to even right. make it on the practice squad of an NFL roster. These guys are so talented, mm-hmm. but the difference between a Jake Browning and a Joe Burrow is everything between the ears. It's oh, the yeah. decision-making right. yeah. it's, you know, the under pressure. It's, it's, it's so mental
5: with these guys, especially at the quarterback position. So I thought, that yeah, really no, that's a good point, man. Cause there's so many quarterbacks that have it, physically right they've been doing this all their life they've been going to seven on sevens they've been working with throwing coaches since they were 10 and 12 years old but again it's when the ball goes live when the the pre-snap and post-snap picture don't match can you in that Mm. two and a half seconds diagnose decide and execute and that's it's like it's like one in a thousand people even have the ability to react fast enough to maybe hit a baseball it's it's much like that but like you said you know when you put that guy around a bunch of average Joes. Like we brought Zach out for a flag football game one time as a ringer for our quarterback. But my buddy Cole Brown, who's actually working over with Auburn now, um, shout out to Cole. He uh, he was he played wide receiver at Chattanooga, so he's running verticals down the sideline and Zach's just dropping back and he's got beautiful Russell Wilson right. rainbow balls and guys are <laughs> looking around like, Hey, got goddamn Drew Brees over here. What you <laughs> <the hell?" laughs> So putting that next to everybody, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like a couple years ago. And I guess it was Brian Scalabrini got pissed that everybody was talking crap about how bad he is. And then he beat up on like four or five people who said they could beat him, And right. He was like, I'm I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me. And it's just kind yeah, of one exactly. of those moments that like mm-hmm. reminds you, like you said, man, just to make it there to even be in a camp. Like you are the top like half percent of athletes out there, man. So yeah, yeah just don't wanna I feel bad when we say people are bad or they're not like you guys are still the top like one percent, half percent yeah. of athletes. They're still incredible and way better. Comparatively, than them. yeah, it's just yeah. unfortunate <laughs> that the guy we have to compare you to is Joe Burrow. Right.
2: Yeah, and uh, Robert O'Bright has a question. Wanted to know, like, how how comfortable would you be, say, giving Joe three weeks and then saying, "Okay, get back out here," or, or do you think he should definitely sit out the rest of camp? Or what's your thoughts on that?
5: Uh, I don't think he should sit out the rest of camp, but I think you definitely put him on bubble wrap until. I mean, man, if you think about it, the first game isn't until September 10th. I mean, right. we're mm-hmm. we're talking. You've got over five weeks now to recover from what i guess people are projecting is just a several week injury so anywhere between two to four i say four just to you know lean. That's what it's I the say, preseason. Yep. there you go right so you say ideally three give me the extra week it's the preseason. no need to rush him back but he also has talked about how important those camp reps are for him for him to to feel loose for him to feel that rhythm of the game Um, Mm. so that's definitely an important aspect for him and you want him to feel comfortable. You kind of saw it in the first couple games last year where he had some practice, had the epidectomy and then kind of, you know, practiced a little bit and rolled right into the season. And he definitely looked a little off. He definitely looked a little rusty. And so if. If you give him four weeks and then bring him back for like give him two weeks of practicing you know keep him out of the last preseason game for sure and then just let him kind of get his rhythm back i i think that's kind of like an ideal timeline It's about four weeks off maybe a week and a half to two weeks just to kind of prep a little bit and maybe if he recovers in three knowing how crazy he is about training and you know maybe he's that same way about rehab and we know all these guys seem to grow back their their ailments faster than we can recover from a bending over the wrong way backwards. You know, yeah. <laughs> my my jammed thumb is still bothering me a week and a half later, and Adrian Peterson's like, in that time, I recovered from my ACL <laughs> right 100 yeah. yards. Like, yeah, that's
2: their, so. that's their that's their DNA is what. That right. Is. So yeah, maybe it takes
5: three weeks. He gets two to three weeks to get right in camp, and man, I, I think we're I think we're playing with fire at that point because it's still Zach Taylor said of himself, "This is the most he's gotten to work." In july so right i mean it's not saying much but you know <laughs> it, it still is factual
3: yeah i think it's yeah. the three-week recovery and i think the extra week or just for precaution to it gets like the comment said before 110 percent. right, I don't, right. I, don't it's gonna, I don't think it's
5: gonna affect our season at all no i don't think so man I, I think you got plenty of time fortunately avoided the serious injury um so between all that i I think that they're going to be in a good spot. I think there was a lot of understandable concern. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think he's going to be just fine.
3: This injury is different than last year. Last year, it was a surgical thing, it was an appendectomy. Mm-hmm. He lost a lot of weight because uh, it was, you know, that affects your. Your whole right. body, so yeah. I yeah. think you can basically can still be a working out your body, you can still be eating yeah. right. You so can he still lost be... weight; he yeah. couldn't work out. This this mm-hmm. injury here, he can still throw, he can still lift, he can still stand, he can take a walk. So right. I mean, he's just not yeah, going to be think... able to out there putting pressure on it and pushing off of it or running or stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and that that's exactly what um, what Crim, uh, Dr. Krimchak said. Was. Right. You know, he can still do all basically everything except for the live reps and stuff like right. that. You know, he can still do all the throws. He he just can't move because he'll have that boot on. He won't be able to move like he normally
3: can. It's mm-hmm. our best-case scenario after seeing him go down yesterday. I mean, I guess our best-case yeah. scenario would have been he would have right. had a cramp and got a bag of fluids and been fine. Yeah. But this yeah. is next best.
2: Yeah, he did say as, as, a far, as far as strains go, it was a grade one, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, as opposed to a grade three, which is like you can crazy. never remember
5: what way that goes, whether it's the death way <laughs> yeah. and what is the worst, or like three grade is three is surgery. Like, yeah. Grade you one guys, is the yeah. best.
3: <laughs> grade yeah. three, you're getting surgery. Grade grade one, two to four weeks. Right. Yeah. So um,
2: I I actually had a question for you, Evan. Um yeah. I, I was listening to Locked On a couple of days ago. It's hard. Great to- show. Every time I'm listening to these guys, they kind of all blur into the, I forget what day I listened to what, but uh, Jake was talking about Burroughs contract and are getting a signing bonus or a roster bonus in like five or so days. Do you Mm -hmm. think that'll affect or possibly affect the contract and and when he signs it?
5: Uh, I heard him talk about that. And I think that is a really interesting point um it especially is interesting if you believe that there's intent to kind of announce the the t higgins joe burrow thing at the same time and we just had the Mixon reworking is what i'm going to call it because i don't want to call it a restructure um so we had the, the reworking of Mixon's contract just a week ago and now we had trey hendrickson's reworking kind of out of nowhere um mm because people were talking, even Jake himself, I think mentioned that, you know, and I was talking that, Hey, you know, Trey's going to be 30 years old in two years. And like, you got Miles Murphy and you got Joseph Osai. So just something to keep an eye on. And um, again, really encouraging to see the Bengals willing to make unique cap moves. Um, But I, I definitely think that it adds incentive to get that Joe Burrow done uh, deal done. At the same time, the Bengals are like such creatures of habit and they don't rush anything. And a lot of these mm-hmm. contracts come out, you know, toward the actual training camp and not the mini camp or the OTAs. Um, Sorry, I have
4: Ohio world. State breaking news, but it does relate to the Bengals. uh, it on us. Chris Henry Jr. commits to Ohio State. Wow.
5: There you go. That's hey. Cool. That's that is pretty cool, man. God bless that. Uh, that article they had in the athletic the other day, and about, he's out uh, about him <laughs> and pack drop the news and walk away. Oh. <laughs> but uh, just going back to Joe Burrow, yeah, no, I, I think the contract with him and T comes sometime in August. Um, I think there's definitely financial incentive, like you talked about, um, to get the deal done where you can redistribute money. But I also think that they've done that in other ways to where they don't necessarily feel pressured, it's definitely an added bonus. Um, but you know, it, it kind of feels like if you're buying a car and they're like, oh, we'll knock $500 off if you do this work yourself. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it would take me like two hours and it's $500 and that feels like a fair deal, but I'm not like super pressed about it at the same time. You know, so yeah. it's it feels like it's nice. It would save me a little bit of money. But at the same time, we're more worried about we want you to feel comfortable. We want to feel comfortable and make sure everything is kind of hit. So I, I think there's financial incentive for that. But I would be surprised. And I think the Bengals would really be showing like, hey, we're operating differently. If they signed a contract before July was over for an extension like that. Yeah. Here, Gr-
3: Greg wants me to ask this question. He's even texting me personally. Because we got a bet on it, <laughs> we got a bet on this. I owe Greg. So Ted Kerr said the best sandwich he's ever eaten in the whole United States is a chopped cheese sandwich from Day Lily out on the east end of town. So Greg and I made a bet, and I said, I just give one a, I just betted whatever Greg didn't want because in the end I just want a chopped cheese sandwich. Whether I got to buy one for both of us or he does, mm-hmm. but will Burroughs done be a deal, uh, done be, deal be done by August seventh at four twenty three p.m.
5: exactly. Man, that's a uh, that's a tough one. The uh, down to the minute too. Oh man, what if I, I said it's like four twenty four? <laughs> is that gonna is that still gonna work? If um, it's done
3: before that, I owe Greg the sandwich, and if it's done after that, he owes me. Either way, chopped cheese.
5: Tell you what, Greg, I'm gonna Greg. say I'm gonna say after, and the, after? Uh, the reason I'm saying after is because I'm looking. Save at money, like Greg. Other deals like AJ Green getting done about September 11th. And Mm -hmm. like I said, there's not outside of that roster bonus. uh, You'd like to be able to spread things out a little bit more, but there's not necessarily immediate pressure to get this done in the next like week or two. Um, You know, if this gets done, if the start of the season is September 10th, if you're walking into September 5th with a deal, like you're not any worse off than if you do it in August 15th or August 10th. Right.
3: Maybe they're reworking deals. We just saw Trey Hendrickson. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Maybe they're doing the same thing to DJ Reader, which is also something somebody right. asked earlier. If it's I'm
5: possible, very interested about the DJ Reader situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's very interesting because he's definitely been such a a heart and soul for that defense yeah. in the middle mm-hmm. and allows you to do crazy stuff with the edges and dropping in and out of coverage because he can just eat up so much space in the middle. and. I know there's concern with a lot of these guys, Dexter Lawrence, Quinn and Williams, um, Deron Payne all getting big defensive tackle contracts, yep. right? Especially guys like Dexter Lawrence that are more of that nose tackle kind of mold. Right. Um, yep. at the same time, those guys have significant pass rush upside. Yes. Um, I believe Dexter Lawrence was first in terms of pressure rate among all defensive tackles last yep. season had an incredible season deserves every bit of that money for his contract that's not DJ readers mold. He's much more Mm -hmm. of the, the nose tackle with pass rush upside. Like, you know, you you get a pass rush play every 10 rushes and you're like, Oh, okay. He had a good low pressure there. Right. Right. Um, So with him being that guy who doesn't uh, you're built on strength, you're built on leverage and your size. That's not, those aren't traits that fade, right. That's not like explosiveness or bendiness that you get at edge that really slow you down or you know corner uh, wide receiver that you lose your juice a little bit so I think he can have utility I wonder if after kind of toiling around with the Texans for a few years getting his big payday and then being part of this Cincinnati culture if he would not be interested in coming back on a two or three year deal, not for the 12 or $15 million that maybe some would expect for a good defensive tackle and seeing all these contracts, but maybe for a five, $8 million number. And suddenly it's a lot more palatable. Um, and just looking behind him too, I don't know what you'd feel comfortable replacing him with. Right. So, versus the other positions like Trey Hendrickson. Again, I would have been like, Hey, Trey's been exceptional. What a value. At the same time, you have Joseph Osai, you have Sam Hubbard, you have Miles Murphy all under contract for the next three, three, five years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I just, I I think that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor whether DJ wants to go get another payday, which he absolutely would deserve with some young team, like a Falcons or bears from this off season that needs veteran leadership. Um, and a quality, capable player. Um, I, I really hope he stays, man. Because yeah, <laughs> I. I, I, I covered, yeah. uh, I covered the Texans when he was uh, for Pro Football Focus when he was like nice. in a rotational role, and mm-hmm. we go and we'd write our Sunday standouts piece and kind of send it off to all the media and beat writers. And um, Texans Cap is a great follow on uh, Twitter. If you guys ever talk to him, but I remember going back and forth with him about how crazy DJ reader was and just like a backup nose tackle role getting four or 500 snaps. But JJ Watt was there and God, Christian, uh, it wasn't Christian Wilkins. It was Christian something or other. I can't remember from four or five. It was God. Time moves too quickly. I said four or five years ago, that's probably more like seven (laughs) or eight. now. (laughs) Um, Christian Covington, I think might've been his name, but yeah. And there was just so much potential with what he did and to see him get that massive contract from the Bengals. That was the first drop in the bucket of, oh, they're doing something different with free agency now. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of that feeling with DJ reader plus his importance to the defense, his position, maybe not declining as much as you'd expect others at like age 30. I think there's a lot of reason for him and the Bengals to kind of come back together. Well, and I'm looking at DJ readers
0: numbers right now. So he's a cap hit at 15 five.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: and you know he just turned 29 like he's the perfect kind of guy to do like what we just did with trey yeah uh, you okay. know bump him out at least a year give us some cap relief short term and you know we can hold on to him but obviously we're, we're not going to sign him to probably like a four-year deal because if he hits right. the open market who knows what he'll get paid
4: he'll get a three uh, or four for a lot more money exactly yeah. i was mm-hmm. gonna
5: say i could see him getting at least like 10 or 12 easy from a yeah. team like i said that's just we're trying to meet the cap floor we've got a bunch of young guys we're transitioning yeah. and he's a great guy to just get in the locker room and yeah show everybody like, how to like, be we to yeah, like
2: we were yeah like we were when we brought him in
0: exactly right. his, his base is 11 right now so um yeah i
3: mean i think he would command
5: is this you know, this 12. is last
3: year on contract too yes yes so that's the thing
5: is when you've made that much i'm sure as a backup nose tackle or just kind of a rotational defensive line guy. Did he dream of that money that he got from the Bengals? He probably, you know, you, you tell yourself you're worth it, but to yeah. like actually get that money in your account, have mm-hmm. the comfortability in your life to be a part of this, literally from the start of when this organization started to turn around, does yeah. he personally go, this is something special. I have an opportunity to achieve heights that many athletes never get to aspire to that. Some athletes look all their career for and can't find the spot. Um, does he say, hey, I'm comfortable if we get five, like I said, five to seven, eight million dollars a year for three years and he walks away with, hey, you know, we'll give you twenty three, twenty four million 23, 24 million dollars and guarantee 14, 15 million of it. Like, is he feeling pretty good about that? I mean, Maybe. So I just, I think that's going to be an interesting way to consider because I think he is the type of player being that veteran. We keep looking around like, oh, the Bengals are the premium destination for a veteran who wants to win a ring. Why not look on your own roster, man? Maybe there you that's go. Reader, you know, maybe it yep. is. So oh, that's something I'll be looking for. man.
3: Who the hell would we bring in to replace him anyway? Right. The him anyway? right? There's no, there's oh, not a lot of DJ. Reader. You know, no, we going to, we're going to
5: call mm-hmm. snacks Harrison. See if he wants to jump <laughs> back on go. the line there. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
2: no, no. Go ahead, Dale. You haven't been on in a minute.
4: I, I was just going to say we haven't had Evan on since uh, before the draft, and my man knows his draft talk, so <laughs> I'm curious to see who is his uh, favorite draft pick or two oh.
5: Oh. since the draft
4: because I haven't got that from you, and uh, you're a big draft guy, and I love it. because You know. haven't,
5: man, and you're right. Um, I If anybody tuned in to our uh, – like the four weeks leading up to the draft time on State of the Jungle, we had a uh, like a mock draft war room, and we bring in a special guest, and had Drew Garrison on, and John Sheeran, and a lot of good people, a lot of very my, smart. My people. invite
4: got lost in the mail. It's fine.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Maybe fucking next year.
5: <laughs> but if you guys watched that at all, then you'd see we picked TJ Turner in the second round, and the third round, and a couple of different drafts, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. profusely. That's about my that. guy. Mm -hmm. And I love getting that kind of corner. He was the last kind of like top tier athlete corner, I think that was left on the board at that point that you felt comfortable with Um, just to sing his praises a little bit. He allowed just 46 and a half percent of the passes thrown into his coverage to be caught in his uh, last year at Michigan. And he forced 14 incompletions in the process, which tied 16th among uh, i know joe qualifying. kicked
4: himself off but joe called that one on our live show so I oh judge.
5: yeah no it. he uh <laughs> he he must have known something then man he's got plugs you gotta look out for him <laughs> but uh he produced a forced incompletion rate of 20 percent, was 80 plus in pff grades each of his three seasons which i mean man corner we know it's so up and down and you can be bad for three plays out of you know 65 and suddenly you're you're terrible right and for him to have that consistency every single year and then despite his stature improve as a run defender every year i -hmm. I think you're seeing a really good trajectory from him and obviously the measurables are incredible 42640 was 99th percentile his 131 inch broad jump was 91st percentile so explosiveness and long speed I mean, are you reading something, or is this no. your brain? No, I, I do have some notes, man. I got some notes. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I, I do have a couple stats near and dear to my heart that I do have tucked away, but no, I, I wanted to make sure I'm bringing the smoke for you guys. So uh, i between <laughs> that, what man, and I'll tell you what, man. Chuck Sizzle. I love the upside of Yoshivas, and hey, I'm uh, an Alabama guy, okay? Page. So mm-hmm. roll, for, roll MF and Tide for getting uh, my guy Jordan battle, but I want to talk about Charlie Jones because – This man dropped only 2.7% of his catchable passes that were thrown his way and averaged over 2.7 yards per route run in the season, which was just – Tops crazy. Like every time you run a route, every,
1: mm-hmm. every
5: time you run a route, you're getting three yards for your team. That's crazy. And he Whether still has or
2: not.
5: No. Yeah. Right. I mean, even yeah. if you're not yeah. targeted, basically is what that yes. means. That's, that's mm-hmm. the level of importance of him to this offense. And the reason yards per route run is one of the best wide receiver yep. metrics for production. I know it can be influenced a little bit based on if your team is using a lot of heavy sets, like the Titans were for a while, because obviously you're going to get a higher target share, harder to be efficient but that's kind of the blind spot in this stat but guys like Julio Jones AJ Green Devontae Adams are just top of this list every year the best receivers in the NFL and college are constantly at the top of the list and Charlie was that guy I mean he had 1361 yards led all power five receivers and despite his stature again he had 22 contested catches, which led to all FBS receivers. He's 5'11 and 175. So his ability to high point, he's got good breaks on the route. I think he's going to be that next shifty underneath guy that I think we're going to see a couple pop plays. And God bless Tyler Boyd for how he started in his career here to how he responded to adversity and carved himself out a role in this offense and has been the consummate pro. Everything you'd mm-hmm. want from a Bengal receiver. But we also need to realize that many windows in the NFL are about two to three years. Hey, write him off out of here with
4: the Super Bowl, baby. There you go. I would
5: love that. I would love that for him. And then he can go get one big contract from a team and just be set. And I would love that for him. At the same time, he's 29 going into his 30 season. You've got Yoshibas. You've got Jones, the obvious replacement there um I think the writing is on the wall for Tyler Boyd and that's not a commentary to his play it's just where you have to go when you're paying Joe Burrow and paying T. Higgins and paying Jamar yeah. Chase, right um yeah so, so I I just wanted to I just wanted to talk a little bit about old Chuck Sizzle there because I think he is I think it's easier to forget with Yoshi Voss being the the size speed combo that everybody can kind of drool over a little bit and looking good at red zone drills and Obviously Chase Brown. We're now.
4: big fans of Chuck Sizzle here at Bengals of Bruce. Yeah, Bengals of dot self get your Chuck Sizzle shirts. Okay, continue. But yeah, oh, no,
5: those guy, are my I mean, those are my two guys that I, I really yeah. love the draft class. I I love the upside pick of Miles Murphy, man. Like obviously getting a guy at a premium position who has those high upside athletic traits is is really good especially at the end of the first round when we look at where players from different positions and different draft classes came from right many of the starting tackles many of the starting corners edge players come from rounds one and two that's where you get the guys who have the premium traits the premium size everything that you want those are the kind of the packages right um corner and edge are definitely those positions, two of those premium positions that are of that ilk and follow that line of thinking. And to get Miles Murphy and DJ Turner, I think that illustrates their understanding of not only team need, but how it meets positional value and where the best guys are found. Because when we look at this, we go, well, running backs can be found in rounds three and four and five and be really good. And linebackers too, because, that yeah. tight ends like we just seem to not really know when to draft them like it's just kind of a crapshoot um interior defensive line another position that kind of just gets pushed down into like you can find really good starters around three and four so i i love the miles murphy swing yeah. it it is he's not a finished product i mean he has all the upside in the world mm. the get off is incredible the four five three speed the one five nine ten yard um Crazy power lifter, has great length. Um, you just want to see more consistency and how he's playing with pad level. And then I'm a little con- just gen just talking concern. What's the concern about Miles yeah. Murphy? Right, you're selling me why wasn't this guy a top five pick? Why wasn't he a top five, ten pick? Okay. He had a pass rush rate win of I'm sorry, pass rush win rate of fourteen point three percent. And on true pass rushes, so no play action, bubble screens, all that crazy gadgety stuff, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Guaranteed passing downs of like third and five or more. You're talking about a win rate of 17.3%. Just to try to put that in perspective, it was about half the win rate of many of the edges that went in the first and second round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It was very consistent too, that he had that same kind of pass rush win rate freshman year junior or sophomore year and junior year so there's a little bit of question of why didn't that develop and kind of talking yourself into there's reasons and we believe we can correct those reasons the same way that the Bengals running backs coach talked about Chase Brown's fumbling issues and said yes we know about that negative but we Mm -hmm. have a plan to address it we think it's a technical issue and we think we can fix that Uh, I believe that Marion Hobby is probably sitting there saying the same thing to Bengals coaches of going There's been a lot of kind of turnover in Clemson's defensive room over the last couple of years. Maybe he didn't get developed the right way. Maybe he didn't get coached the right way. Right. I can unlock that. I can get that next level out of him. So that's really the big drawback is just the, the consistent level of production. You want to see improvement. When you start getting older, you start playing mm-hmm. against more 18, 19-year-olds. You want to be dominating, right, especially right. if you're a first-round right. pick. Um, so that's just the main concern. But the size, the frame, the athleticism, everything you want is there. And I think having him in that rotational role between Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard coming in on rundowns, kicking in on obvious pass downs uh, I think that's gonna give him a lot of opportunity to succeed in what may be the best environment for him to learn
0: yeah yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say like i I always assumed that it was probably a technique thing with <laughs> with with the inconsistency and- right. Um, because they wouldn't have taken a guy if it was just like, oh, right. like he's a head case and he's being And there was probably some disinterest effort. too,
5: man, there where you're the top guy. You've been playing with Trevor Lawrence and that Clemson program that you've, you've come to understand is all about winning. And they really struggled that second to last year and his yeah. sophomore year and just coming into even the, his junior year, it, you can understand a little bit of disinterest. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, and, and they're still kids. Guy. Like, right, yeah. that's the thing, yeah, man. it's so, so, it's, so <laughs> it's so hard to like talk about. Yeah, you can't you can right? judge a guy's like, maturity at twenty. Well, yeah, no, years Let me old. tell you it's something. I'm like, an idiot at twenty one years old. You I'm guys think years old calling DJ Reader old at twenty nine? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. off, well, I, I cool.
3: sure I sure in the fuck ain't gonna call him old. <laughs> <laughs> I got kids old. I got kids older than his ass. We we had yeah. a I got kids older than you, Evan. <laughs> We
0: had a question earlier about surprise cuts, and the mm-hmm. one position that I'm, I do not think is 100% locked in as far as the bottom of the depth chart is wide mm-hmm. receiver. And it all mm-hmm. depends on how many we keep. Obviously, we got the big three, and right. then you have your Trent Nerwin, your Trent Taylor, your Charlie Jones, your Yossi Vash, and then you have guys like Stanley Morgan. You have Kwame Laster's. that's that's back in competing for a role. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm just like, I don't know who those last two guys are. Assuming we only keep six, um, yeah. what is your thoughts about how many we keep? And a lot of people are assuming Trent Taylor, you know, is going to be fighting for his life mm-hmm. for a roster spot. What what are your thoughts on the depth chart towards the bottom?
5: So I think that wide receiver they keep seven. And the reason is because I think they want Jamar T. Higgins, obviously Tyler Boyd, right? Yes. You drafted Yoshi Boss, you drafted Charlie Jones, so we're right. already at five. I think they were really impressed, as was I, with what Trenton Irwin was able to offer. And I think Darren Simmons has a lot of cachet with this within this organization. And I think he loves Stanley Morgan and I do too. And he is a uh-huh. special teams guy. And I think that will be enough to save his roster spot, which like you said, leaves Trent Taylor kind of the odd man out, um, kind of came in, was kind of sharing the punt duties a little bit and just never really popped. Right. Never really had that Trent Irwin moment that he was kind of like, okay, he's, he's, he's making plays. He's right. contributing. Right. So I think that leaves him the odd man out. Um, I'll tell you what, man, corner is another spot where I'm like, how many are they going to keep, yeah. right? Because yeah. you've got Cam Taylor-Britt, you've got Cheeto, you've got DJ Turner and Mike Hilton. You're already at four, right? Sydney Jones. I love the Sydney Jones signing. Love the Sydney Jones signing. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about health and consistency with him than than anything else. Um, but then you're you're talking about, you know, DJ Ivey's a seventh-round pick that, you know, people are saying, oh, he's – again, we're, we're going to take anything with a grain of salt right now. Alan about George. Out. But people like him too, and between all of that, I'm like, man, are they going to keep six corners? Because you got your backup kind of boundary uh, corner, let's just say, and Cindy Jones, and your backup slot guy, and uh, DJ Turner. Where past that are you going to be able to keep? so i think it's going to be interesting to see if they keep them jalen davis is another guy who's been on the practice squad got a little bit of an extension um very very minor like league minimum type extension so i just i'm curious about who the odd men out will be there but nothing crazy i don't think there's going to be any like truly like shocking um cuts to say like i don't think like Lyle Collins, for for example, yeah. is going to get cut. Right. But if you're looking at guys like maybe J. Tufele, mm-hmm. uh, I think I the see. back end of that defensive line rotation is is going to be cannibalized because yeah. I mean you're just so so deep at at defensive line. Someone's got to be the odd man out. So whether yeah. that's right. Cam Sample, Terrell Basham, Zach Carter, I mean you just you're really you're almost twelve deep at Mm -hmm. the defensive line so there's going to be a couple guys that come off there and then also offensive line I mean I know that we've looked at that as a glaring issue again last year they were I think number one in EPA or I'm sorry success rate on rushes from week five when they made their scheme change on the end of the season they were successful as a run team and they were top 12 in pass block efficiency in that time when they had healthy offensive linemen Obviously, any team you take away three starting offensive linemen, you're for pardon my French, you're fucked. You're
3: fucked. You are
5: like huh. hey, that's that's all there is to it, right? You can't fucking curse on here, Evan. <laughs> right.
3: <Watch your laughs> fucking mouth
0: for fucking
5: family show, guys. <laughs> But I'm looking you, at the offensive guys are all line. You down right now. <laughs> you got a swear jar over there. We need to be filling up for you. Keep <laughs> uh, swearing on here. It's a, it's a bucket swear is. bucket. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's a it's a well.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no,
5: you, you got to have deep uh, deep aspirations there. But I look at the offensive line, man, and they bring in guys like Cody Ford, and I have to wonder if if you think it's surprising long term projects like Deontay Smith, Hakeem Adeniji. I wonder if they've seen enough from them to say, we want to move on to... God, I hope so. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, do they say, hey, yeah. we want to take on a new project? We want to get Ben Brown out here. We want to get Jackson Kirkland some reps. We want to yes. keep Cody yeah, Ford. We went out about. of our way to sign anyways, which I don't have yeah. my hopes for Cody Ford. But no. that's what I'm saying is they've made new investments and I think they might be... It's it's been three or four years, guys. It's time to move on from Deontay Smith and Adeniji. Like we, we know what uh, they are at this We're not point, getting rid you know? of Akeem
3: Adeniji. They won't do it. <laughs>
5: they won't do it. Well, that's the thing too, right? Is I, I think the I think the, the, the logic behind it has always been he's got the tackle guard versatility and he can fill a lot of different spots. But yeah. when you have Carmen now. Sad. He used but to, like, if you he suck at Lyman both, backup, it's not, I know, it's not right? Good it's, for- I can play six different I positions. I suck agree. at all of them, right? But I can yeah. at least be a body and be large there, right? And sometimes right. that's what you're asking from your backup line. I'm
3: a large did. body. How much does he get paid? I'll take. I that. was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I, I could
5: bulk up another twenty or thirty pounds to try yeah, and make a lineman check. <laughs> line-man. <laughs> hey man, I don't know. Arby's is right across the street. I could just start hitting those moth sticks every day. Get the meat. We see, man. But yeah, I look at the depth that they have on offensive line, man. When you got Carmen, who has the guard tackle versatility on the left side, you've got Collins, who has the tackle guard versatility as well. You've got Trey Hill for your center, Sharping for your guard. And then you can play around with Ben Brown as your interior project and Jackson Kirkland as well. And then you have Cody Ford as a backup tackle. I will use that in quotes. Um yeah i just i i think you if you would be surprised by that maybe those are the surprise cuts between deontay smith and Akeem deneji just because they've been named cycled around in the offensive line conversation for so long
0: and the inverse of that question is there any chance chris evans can make this 53 main roster
5: dude i wish that the the chris evans panned out differently man um you you have to believe that there's some credence to the preparation and the practice and the game planning because if there was ever a moment that he was going to kind of take over more yeah. share of the touches, it was after he had that game-winning touchdown of the Kansas City game. Yeah. Yep, that was the moment, right? That was mm-hmm.
1: we had. He was land. helped
5: me scratch the next game, wasn't he? Right, and that's the thing yeah. is. They went. We have a plan for you. We have this way to deploy you here that is going to help us win games. And I just, outside of that game, I don't know if I've ever seen them really say that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just it hasn't felt like the the uh, the the coaching staff has been very intent on manufacturing or creating opportunities for him. And I just, it's it's really weird when you look at the rest of the team and what they've done to put people. I, I talk about how great Lou is because. He takes castoffs from other teams and says, "How did they misuse you? What are your strengths, and how can I deploy you in ways that you can be great?" Right, and mm-hmm. I just never saw them do that for Chris Evans, and it's disappointing, man.
0: And and I think some of it, I, the theory is that there's stuff that we don't see where he's not following the play.
5: Very <laughs> <laughs> passionate fans out here in the
0: comments. Oh, hey,
3: sorry, that's my bastard son. Good. That's uh, why he's got that mouth on him.
0: Yeah. Where, where he, he's not following the plays as assigned. You know, he's forgetting his assignment. There's been plays in the preseason, you know, where he's getting long runs, getting call back from holding because he's going the wrong direction. Offensive line are getting put out of position. And mm-hmm. then Goodberry posted a really good video um, during OTAs where they're showing the, the individual running back drills and he tells, all right, go to this cone and yeah. then make your cut, pick your lane and go. And everyone follows it perfectly. Even Chase Brown, the rookie mm-hmm. Evans doesn't go to the cone.
5: Now see, so think about how frustrating that must be for a coaching yeah, staff. And he just, just think like, about yourself, you got to go to the right? cone. You can hear him on the tape. Go. you got to go to the cone. Right. So you got a new guy who comes in at work, right? He's got, let's say, five years experience in the field, mm-hmm. but he's new, so you're supposed to be walking him through the process and everything, right? So you're working with him on a project, and you're like, okay, hey, take this piece and go put this on there, and then let me know when you're done. And then you come back, and it's like upside down and backwards, and you're yeah. like,
2: God so have annoying. the
5: experience, and I told you exactly what you needed to do, so where was the disconnect? And just, I imagine them dealing with that for two or three seasons now, they're probably yeah. like, We like Travion Williams. He does what we tell him to. We know we like Joe Mixon, and we just drafted Chase Brown with keeping all these corners, with keeping all these defensive linemen, with keeping all these offensive linemen, with keeping all these wide receivers. I I think you're going to see other positions like running back, tight end, and maybe linebacker get a little bit thinner.
3: How many running backs do you think they keep?
5: Man, at this point, like, I, I want to say three. Like, maybe they keep one on the practice squad and they just say, Hey, we've got Mixon, we've got Williams, and we've got Chase Brown, and we'll use two of them until we have to use the third. And if it's three, I it ain't just, Chris Evans, right? Right. I just, I, I see him being the odd man out, which is crazy because I just, again, when you're going four and five wide as frequently as anybody in the NFL, and you had injuries to guys like Tyler Boyd, or like T Higgins, or like Jamar Chase, and you're getting down to the, the bottom of the, where you're putting Michael Thomas in there for lots of snaps, right? You're telling mm-hmm. me you can't find a way to just put Chris Evans in the slot there. You're telling me you can't say, you know what? you're not great at the running back things we're going to ask you to just go out there and be the the slot receiver and let you do what comes naturally to you and it's just again it goes back to i never saw that intention with him with trying to get him incorporated and i have to believe that it's it's part of the it's part of like you said the practice thing where if we can't trust you to execute and practice where we're giving you the answers to the test how can we expect you to execute when you go out there in the game, especially if we're worried about you doing pass protecting things like Samaje, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to sit there and determine whether the pass rush is coming, whether you need to block before you can go do the fun things like release yep. and be a receiver, right? and I Again, hurts my heart. <clears throat> Wish it worked out differently for him. Wish he could have found his role, but it just didn't work out, unfortunately.
3: Well, we don't want to get rid of anybody. There's only 53 people that can yeah. make the team. I- Right.
0: Yeah, like we said, all these guys mm-hmm. are talented. It doesn't mean he
5: sucks. It all just means, talented. hey, you know, can you imagine being, to being told you right. the like top half percent at your job in the <laughs> right world? like you'd feel pretty damn good about right. yourself. Right. So, yeah, it's it's all in perspective, man. Like I, I constantly try and remind people like we are asked to analyze things yep. from like an mm-hmm. objective lens and we have to compare this superhuman to this other super superhuman. Right. Human, exactly. right? And that's really unfair to do, um, but at the same time, it's what we're asked to do, and it's never disrespectful to the players. We want all the players to get all the money, right. all the everything that we can for for them to protect themselves and their family. But at some point, like you said, like Mike Brown said. Sometimes the pie runs out and there's that's not right. basis for there's everybody. So much- <laughs> yeah, it's like if I'm looking at the
0: Avengers, it's not that Hawkeye sucks. It's just you're <laughs> comparing him to Captain America and Thor,
5: and that's unfair. Sorry, Hawkeye. He's yeah. got a lightning you. hammer. You're you have a bow and arrow, and you're doing your like, best. Like, come on, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. What is it? He says on, uh, on. He says we're fighting robots. I have a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. None of this. Some things don't make (laughs) thin. Didn't
5: you 1.2 go like, I'm out of arrows? And it was just like, ah, shit. All right, well, (laughs) Hawkeye's useless, guys. It's five on a million now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You said something about the linebacker room, you know, (laughs) maybe getting thinner. Um, Yeah, there's a couple guys outside of, you know, Wilson and Pratt. I really like, you know, I love ADG. I love Marcus Bailey, friend of the show. I love uh, Joe Batchee. Um, and that's
5: where it gets difficult, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Because I love all those guys. Because Bailey and Joe Bocci and ADG has a lot of versatility and potential that I think we really haven't gotten to see yet. And I think Lou probably likes that. And so I look at that and I go, man, if you're keeping extra defensive linemen and you're keeping extra offensive linemen, if you're keeping extra wide receivers and you're keeping extra corners some position has to suffer, right? And you're already so thin at defensive tackle and you're already so thin at tight end. I I start looking at guys like the, the Keandre Jones, the maybe Joe Bocci, maybe they say, Hey, we feel comfortable with Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. And then Akeem Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey and Joe Bocci's on the way out. Maybe they say Marcus Bailey, you've had, difficulties with injuries throughout your career you test exceptionally but it just doesn't work out and they go with bocce and adg uh i'm not sure but i definitely have to try and look at other positions where those cuts are going to be made right and i don't think it's safety which is tough because you have dax hill nick scott jordan battle and tyson anderson so you're already keeping four there Mm -hmm. uh so it's like again, where where does that cut come? And if we're already taking away J2 like you're, you're getting pretty thin on the on the interior for what you feel comfortable with. So you got to start taking from other positions and and well, maybe that is
0: yeah. you know, and Michael Thomas too at safety.
5: Yes. Yes. Like so. Michael Thomas
0: and Stanley Morgan, those are like, you know, those guys that are just like those rock solid is special teams enough to keep you on teams, the team. Right. You know, you're well, a special he- team specialist right uh, like you Don't know, you know, think they're, they're gonna Fox, have some tough decisions to be? what do you say pork
3: i think Yoshivas is gonna have to ball out on special teams to get rid mm-hmm. of some of those
5: man i think a lot of this draft class is going to have exceptional use on special teams yeah, yeah. Battle, think about guys like speed. dj turner is a gunner if you're thinking about mm-hmm. battle and his iq and his vision and you're talking about like you said yoshi Voss with his incredible physical tools his size his speed i mean I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for this rookie class to contribute on special teams, to where like, hey, you, you got all these crazy athletes because that's the thing is a lot of their rookies are crazy athletes for yeah. all of their ties. So, yeah, and, and they were giving burner
0: some reps
5: at uh, a punt return.
0: Punt returner, yep.
5: God bless. Like that's one of those small positions, like like long snapper, that like you never notice until it absolutely sucks, and mm-hmm. then you're like. God, I just wish we had that. Like, right. Yeah. I'm an Alabama fan. The cup yeah. runneth over at many positions, right? But yeah. Fucking A, we can't find a fucking kicker that can just kick consistently. <laughs> right. You're one of the best teams in the that's country. Because, you can't figure it out. That's like, because
2: you win every. Game seven touchdowns to like right five, you, don't you don't need to. Don't ever deal it
5: matters, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, he's gonna kick this twenty seven yarder just fine, and then it's five feet wide of the byline, and you're like, yeah, uh oh, we got five yeah, right. stars holding helmets for five stars. I'm sure one of <laughs> yeah. the backup linebackers can come kick this ball better, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe it's just one of those spots. I don't know that I, I would th- definitely like to see them get more juice at returner, hundred percent. Well,
0: I if Lord knock on wood, anything happens to Evan, we saw Logan Wilson last year just kicking bombs. I was there that day where he's the oh, yeah? field goals at training camp. I mean, he was hitting 45 he's got lay. I mean, well, hey,
1: it's... you got
5: to do something when the upper body's a little sore, you know, get a little active for us yeah. to stay yeah. kick some balls around. I was like, what it? is he doing out here? Maybe he can get the Chad Ocho seeking treatment. Maybe they let him come out and kick him. There you go.
3: Extra point.
0: Yeah, maybe
5: Arizona. Maybe Arizona. Maybe they're up three or four touchdowns. Yeah. And they say, hey, Logan, get out there and kick you
0: one. I, and I And I guess he has like kicking experience in like high school.
5: Oh Thanks, wow, there you go. He's he's a I crazy not know guy. That. Uh, I love a versatile player. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. We love a guy who can do anything. That all that time. was
0: one of the guys where I was like really in awe of of just like what an incredible athlete this That's season.
5: the thing, is like that's the th- all these guys were like two and three sport athletes and state right. champions and it's just again like just it looks so different when you're sitting next to Pat Mahomes and LeBron right. and all these crazy freaking otherworldly alien athletes. Like anybody looks normal. Like mm-hmm. it just reminds me a little bit of like Tyreek Hill playing like that flag football game against the girls and he got the catch. And then he's just like weaving through 30. <laughs> people. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing is we all had that friend playing football, right? That when his legs are turning and he's going full speed and like his his legs and his lower axis like turn you know like almost like he starts running at an angle but his upper body is upright still and it's like that's just that next level like bend and athleticism and everybody's probably got that friend that they're thinking of in their head right now that they're like man he was just once he got that shallow cross and got full speed like he throw one foot the other way and it was gone like it's just Mm -hmm. Shout out, Mark. That's you, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> Just got married two, three weeks ago. Awesome, <laughs> awesome.
3: Con- Condolences. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'll be sure to relay them. Yeah.
2: No, I got, I got, you know, we we appreciate your time. I got one last oh, yeah, question man. for you, um, and if these guys got anything else, um, as far as third contracts go, mm-hmm. you know, I I know you don't see. The Bengals do them a whole lot. We just saw with Trey. Right. Do you, and other than DJ Reader, do you see any other guy on the team getting that that mysterious and illustrious third contract from the Bengals? Right.
5: Oh, that's a tough question, man. Um, Joe Burrow. That's the easy answer, right? I'm, I'm going to yeah. take that out. Um, man. It's hard not to look at Sam Hubbard as like a Mr. Cincinnati guy in the mm-hmm. sense that you grew up here, um, went to Mueller, grew up in the Cincinnati area, always went for the Bengals. Um, you, you have to wonder if throughout his career at that point he's got his family here, he's made good money. If he just wants to stay here with all of his friends, good friends with Joe Burrow and the other guys coming from Ohio State, he's just – a lot of local connections. I feel like that's a guy who would take less to stay where he's comfortable, even if maybe it's a rotational end role, right? Um, Behind Miles Murphy at that point. Um, I think he's kind of a prime kind of candidate. I wonder about Cheeto because after his rookie year, he was not a hot commodity. Mm -hmm. And I think he's played very, very well in Cincinnati. And I think he will continue to do so he may be hitting free agency going i'm 28 i've got maybe one or two good years left as a corner i made maybe seven or eight million a year right now i could cash yeah. out and make 12 to 15 easy yep. because stefan gilmore on his last legs is making 10. so yeah um maybe he can go out there and get a three-year deal worth 27 28 30 million dollars right maybe more than that maybe 32 34. Um, I don't see the Bengals eager to match that, but if Lou ends up staying um, by some weird chance, whether people just kind of it's happened twice. That's the thing is my my yeah. co-host brought up uh, Malik Wright. Shout out Malik. Um, has, has kind of floated the idea of the the Wade Phillips failure um, out in Denver and everything else kind of cooled off people. On defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And also because we've seen so many, it's tough when you have a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback tied to an offensive play caller and then they leave, right? And so yeah. putting that as your head coach mm-hmm. is a little bit more security of keeping that as where people see defensive coordinators a little more replaceable. So with that added importance on offensive coordinators, with older, older defensive coordin- uh, coordinators and coaches not necessarily succeeding um I I think that maybe Lou sticks around like Zimmer did for a little bit longer than you would expect and if that's the case maybe Cheeto says hey I'll stay here for eight million dollars a year and then you're rocking with Cheeto let's say DJ Turner on the outside and Cam Taylor Britt in the slot because I think Cam Taylor Britt's physicality would be amazing in the slot Yeah. yeah I love how he's done on the outside Um, so I I just think about things like that. So I'm going to say Sam Hubbard is my like prime candidate. Um, we talked about like DJ reader and Cheeto might have to take a pay cut, um, to stay if they really wanted to, but I'll say Sam Hubbard is kind of my prime candidate for that, that all rare, uh, third contract for the Bengals. Teddy K. Dude, I would love if Teddy (laughs) K. K., K., Him and Kappa man. Like I just. I I can't say enough about – we talked about this a little bit on uh, our State of the Jungle show recently about what makes a good GM because people brought up draft classes. And I said, well, the Seahawks had that all-time draft class in 2012, right? And what did Mm -hmm. they do after that? Absolutely nothing. They were taking LJ Collier in the first round just a couple years ago and we were all laughing, right? The Saints had their crazy all-pro one through four draft class in 2017. Yep what have they done since? When we look at the macro level of drafting, we find that people generally are not better one way or another than other individuals. And we get that because obviously we have our own personal preferences and biases, right? So when we get the group think in there, the combination mock drafts that Arifas on over at uh, The Athletic puts together generally perform about the same because you get that group think, you kind of weed out that bias and then We know the draft is a crapshoot anyways with 50-50 between injuries, landing spot, coaching staff, all this stuff, right? Um, So with that being such a crapshoot, the best way to evaluate those GMs and those front offices is looking at free agency and how their approach is and how their performance is. And I think the approach and performance for the Bengals, especially in the last three years starting with that DJ Reader contract, has been so exceptional from hitting on guys like Von Bell, Mike Hilton, Trey Hendrickson. Um, You can't say enough about hitting that middle tier of free agency and just knocking it out of the park. Because when you look back at a lot of free agency, the guys who get the big contracts were just kind of the top name. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily if they were the top player or that they were really worth that contract. Right. That middle tier of free agency is – there's a lot of value to be had there and the consistency with which the Bengals have hit on that middle tier for cheetah again talking about these guys who are that middle tier of free agency kappa karis you don't need to go pay joe tooney 15 million dollars when you can get one of those yeah. guys for six seven or eight right even um, before that with like hilton Von bell yes, i mean exactly and that consistency is so impressive to me to be able to like i said before take these guys and say i know they're tier two tier three free agents but yeah. we really feel that due to coach X or situation Y that they were misused, that they were not allowed to be the players they could be. They were either asked to do something they're bad at, or they weren't, right. their strengths weren't emphasized. And the Bengals have done such an immaculate job of fitting each of these individual players into their plan. Evan, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, go ahead, and please. Why
0: I in the hell did we not go after Mike Kosicki? Because he is the epitome of a misused guy. I wanted him so bad. We had a need. I love Herb Smith. I think he's going to do very well. But damn it, I wanted Mike Kosicki.
5: I'm laughing very hard because my my cohort and co-host, Malik Wright, also really, I really I think I remember Kosicki. him talking a lot about it. And while we were live on the show. The news broke that he signed for four and a half million. Oh yeah. It's like four and a half. Really? And so now everybody comments on our show whenever Malik will say something will be like, How much do you think he makes? me like four and a half million? How many reasons you got for why the Bengals are gonna sign him? Like four and a half? four and a half million. <laughs> like so we just bring that number up all the time. Uh, but that's a good question. Um, I think that maybe they look at these positions like wide receiver, corner. Um, quarterback, offensive line, mainly the tackles. I think the Bengals have determined there are positions that we are going to pay. And there are positions that we think are less valuable that we are not going to pay. And I think safety is kind of falling into that bucket. I think interior defensive line is kind of falling into that bucket a little bit. And I think that tight end also falls in that bucket. When you have the quarterback and the wide receivers, you will have, and you say, Hey, we just got career years out of CJ Uzoma and Hayden Hurst, so either like yeah. we've got the perfect environmental factors for career years from tight ends, or that's fair. And I, I definitely agree that Gusecki was misused and would be a yeah. perfect fit, and I think he should have been signed. But
0: if we if we would have taken Mayer, then it would have all made sense. Then it would be like, all right, we love this tight end class in the draft, and it was a great class um And we're gonna really target someone, and then we didn't take Mayer, passing Miles Murphy, and then it was like, okay, then uh later in the draft there was an opportunity for us to get Zach Coons, and I was like, all right, Coons. There was an opportunities, and it was Koons. just like there's yeah. so many different opportunities oh, where it's just like, why aren't we taking a tight end? Like right. I like our was- Smith, I really like the signing, mm-hmm. but there's no depth around it, and you know, right. it just you know, it, it just must be as far as how we're scheming, we're a shotgun offense. And, you know, we're we're not going to leverage the tight end as much as a lot of other teams would. Yeah. Um,
5: No, I I think you're right. One hundred percent on that, because like you said, Coons sitting there, even in the sixth and seventh round, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I mean, this. And then, take him. Take, and then they took DJ Ivy and I'm like, is this guy even going to be able to stick on the roster? Because, right. of, mm-hmm. well, because you just extended Jalen Davis, you signed DJ Turner, like you're already six yeah. deep at corner How are And you got Sidney Jones. How are you going to fit him onto the roster? Um, I'm of the opinion that those sixth and seventh round picks should be used for specialists. Um, and for those upside dark throws, yeah. I think that would have been the premium. Like I, the literal most athletic tight end. And combine history. And I understand the production issues, but again, we're talking about a sixth or a seventh round pick. I, I think think he's a project. And Man, right. six sixth,
0: half round picks are for.
5: I kind of came to the same conclusion that you did. Uh we were doing the draft show with Joe Goodberry and Dave Lapham and yep. Malik and first star. Shout out to them for renting out the uh the Reds clubhouse for us. Um but we were all kind of confused by that too, where we were like, we kept talking about who's your best available. Okay, well, between that and need, like, I mean. Koontz is staring at each of the board. And, of course, Green Bay took two, I think, tight ends in the first yeah. round in between rounds, like two and five. So um, I, I wasn't super disappointed to miss out on Mayor. And I say yeah. that as someone who appreciates the player he is and what he was able to do as the offensive focus at tight end at Notre right. Dame.
3: Mm-hmm. I
5: think also we see that tight end is such a crapshoot and we don't know when to draft the good yeah. ones. Yeah that because he didn't test like an above average athlete, that's enough to make me go. If he's Jason Witten for the rest of his career, if he could just find the soft spot in the zone and catch the ball and fall down, am I okay with that? Is that what I want out of my Clark. first round tight end? Like, yeah, but like we talked about before, those premium positions that you generally only get in those first two rounds of tackle, corner, edge. No, like, that makes sense. I, I like to see them. So, again, I, I would have been fine with them taking there. I would have completely understood the logic and the pick and how he can contribute. Um, does a great job of using his frame, good ball skills. Um, kind of comes back to the, oh, gosh, who is the Arizona State receiver that everybody loved? Hakeem. Oh. Nikhil Harry, there it is. Oh, yeah. Harry. Oh, had yeah. the same problem where it was like, contested catch, amazing. Wow, he's so good. And it's like, but why isn't he separating? And then he got to the right. NFL. It was like, oh, he can't separate. That's he, why. Did I
2: see right that he was transitioning to tight end? Nikhil
5: Harry? He's yeah, got I thought he was on like 80 pounds. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, he's, he's, okay, he's maybe it was just somebody much... joking no, around. No, maybe
5: about he it. was, though. I mean, hey, you got to try and stick around somehow, right? Darren Waller yeah. worked for him, so maybe it would for you, but. I, I agree. Tight end just seems to be one of those positions that they don't seem to value. And um, mm-hmm. hopefully Irv stays healthy because I, I think if he could, like he had a better explosive play rate in his career than Hayden Hurst and CJ Uzoma. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely would like to have something more sure. <laughs> They're there at the position or something to be more hopeful for.
2: But even if, even if they, Approach that position kind of the, the way they did linebacker the past four or five, however many years. Right. Not necessarily in the third round, but just say every fifth round, take a tight end until you find one that mm-hmm. that fits the criteria. Take a shot. That, yeah. I just, I don't understand why the past few years, especially this year, especially mm-hmm. when as deep as the tight end draft class was, they didn't yeah, take this was one the year. shot.
5: Right. I mean, I know they have your sample. Yeah. They do have your sample. (laughs) No, I I agree. If you were looking at this, if you're looking at the draft class for this year or next year, and you're saying, when should I take? Yes, absolutely. The tight end class this year was beefy. Um, Maybe next year they loop back around and say, hey, it's an easy way to get cheap. We have a younger guy we can kind of rely upon. At the same time, I can see them also just shopping at the bargain bin. And it, it mm-hmm. sucks because I, I I know what tight end can unlock for you, challenging mm-hmm. those second-level receivers, attacking the seam, especially if there's as many kind of like two high shells as we were looking at. Um, at the same time, I have to believe that Joe Burrow, with what he can do, you're going to be able to kind of go out there. And this is not necessarily a great way to approach the position. Is to go into every offseason with tight end as a meat and say, Yeah, who wants to come to Cincinnati and have right. a clear year? You know, like who wants who, to who, wants to, who that's yeah. not sustainable?
0: Like, yeah, it's yeah. like I'm yeah, not even exactly. looking for us to find like a Travis Kelsey. Like, I'm just looking for us to find our guy, Docks. a right. guy I, for the next yeah. three years, yeah. right? Yes. E- even I, even to Suji Uzama level, just a young guy on that, you know, skill level, you know, that doesn't have you know, injury concerns or anything like that.
5: And let me throw something at you. Maybe, and this is complete, just deep conjecture. Maybe there's something to the fact that they transitioned their offense so much last year from having those under Sunder elements to being such a gun team, because they talked about with play action, how they didn't have plays that quite mirrored what they wanted to do on offense. And I think you see a lot more of that this year, maybe Mm -hmm. that's tight end as well too where in this new scheme what's our approach what do we want most from the tight end because we've changed schemes what we want from our tight end in the off season might not be what we want from the tight end when we find our true offensive identity from a season of going through this so maybe they're sitting there asking themselves okay we're at this transition point Tyler Boyd is is probably on his way out. T and Joe and Jamar are going to be here long term. Yeah. What do we envision our offense being? What are the responsibilities of that tight end going to be? Are they going to have to be mainly blocking or just chipping, receiving? What yeah. do we want out of that position? I feel like if they have a clearer picture of what they want, they may feel more comfortable either attacking a middle or top tier guy in free agency or saying, you know what? we had a lot of premium positions last year between safety corner defensive end in the draft. Let's go tight end and defensive tackle and interior offensive lineman. Let's get fucking crazy. This draft. And mm-hmm. Now that we're, we know what we're looking for and we're looking to get cheaper at those. Maybe that's the pivot. So what, what kind of tight
3: end do you think that uh, Joe Burrow wants, Evan?
5: I think he wants one who can run up the seam, who could separate. I maybe a little, a little
3: chip and a catch the ball. Right. Well, and that's if, The draft feels like a
0: lifetime ago. But if I remember correctly, I thought I heard the word that they were in on Dalton Kincaid, that they they might have taken him had um, he been there. But, of course, the Bills word
5: from Dave Lapham is also that they were doing a lot of work on Sam Laporta, who got early. Um, And what I loved about Sam Laporta is. His ability after the catch. He was one of the most elusive tight ends after the catch in PFF charting history. Um, and I see what Detroit's doing there with you've got him, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown. I see you're trying to attack the middle and just be an after the catch monster. Yeah, now that. they just I need a quarterback. Like, right. <laughs> hey, if he can just get the ball into their numbers, let yeah, them yeah. do the work <laughs> after the catch. Hey, <laughs> you're, you you're cooking with gas, right? That's the um, Andy Dalton special. <laughs> right so um I definitely would have liked to see him in this offense if you can imagine every one of those Maj P. Ryan or Hayden Hurst checkdowns that were four or six yards and they just kind of lean forward for like one or two more a missed tackle running mm-hmm. up the sideline another seven eight ten twelve yards I mean that's that's what you're talking about. And that kind of after the cash oh. guy. So I'd love to see them add a guy like that. It was very uh, surprising to see him go before Michael Mayer, But you know, again, that just goes back to people willing to take the chance on the athlete upside of tight end versus right. the kind of like safe tight end. in that sense.
0: Evan, you had to bring up Jameer Gibbs. I was so <laughs> Roll I, time, was, baby. I was a wide eyed optimist. That he would fall all the way to twenty eight, and people thought that was going to be such a reach. And I was, I yeah. was the conductor of man, the gift type train. I wanted him in this offense so badly, and then he went at what was it, twelve? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, fuck.
5: That dream's yeah.
0: over. That was <laughs> no, really sad.
5: Credit to credit to Detroit. They had their vision, and they said, "We're going to do it, and we don't care what anyone else thinks." I mean, they, they said they that. wanted to take him at eight. <laughs> Right, and um, I I know from people who worked within Detroit that they were, as 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 my uh, acquaintance put it, very unhappy with DeAndre Swift's Hmm. as injuries, and that stemmed to just kind of like sitting out practices being like, I have a headache or I don't oh feel God. like it and try and tell your coach or like linebackers coach, Hey, I have a headache. I don't feel like practicing after you already haven't been practicing for four weeks from your ankle injury or whatever else. And I, I think there was a lot, I think they were more than ready based on the yeah. conversations I had to move on from yeah. him. And that was, bef- that was back at the combine. So I mean, even before yeah. the draft, they were posturing to move on from him. Yeah, so was gonna, that was that was interesting.
2: I was going to say it sounds like Gibbs is everything and more that they wanted DeAndre Swift to be.
5: Yeah, he's definitely um, that that scat receiver back. He was that guy who we see so much now with the rule changes and everything else that the value mm-hmm. of the running back position. When we talk about the sequence of events that has to happen right first the play call has to come in the play call has to be good right both in timing and design the offensive line has to block all five guys if they blow a block you're you're tackling the backfield right so you've got six people there that are responsible for being good before you are allowed to be good one way that a running back really recoups that value is through the receiving game through creating yards besides what's blocked for them right Jameer Gibbs does that in spades as a runner, yeah. as a receiver, when you get him in space, he's very slight for a running back. But at the same time, we've seen that work for other guys and his feel for leverage of a defender, their yeah. body weight, their positioning, everything is just, it's, 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 it's exceptional. It's Reggie I, Bush level. It is.
0: Oh, you took the words right out of my
5: mouth. You know, I said, I that? This guy me. is going yeah. to be
0: a star. He is going to have a Reggie Bush, like, Start to his man career. like even
5: Matt Forte like people forget how oh, good Matt Forte was Matt Forte. as a receiver where like he would just get mm-hmm. screens and they just say go to work and like let him work in the open field and I wish there was more of that going on with Joe Mixon I mean obviously that's part of the early part of his career when yep. as yeah. I was told they had an offensive coordinator who and I quote <laughs> I can't help but laugh did not believe in throwing the running back the ball yes. <laughs> That is a real thing that a NFL. So I, I have all the respect. NFL coaches have forgot more about football than I'll ever know. Sure. But sometimes you do overthink things. You know when you mm-hmm. type a word sometimes and it just looks weird to you, and then you got to Google it. And you're sitting there. Oh yeah. Like, Am I spelling mm-hmm. this right? Like it's a right. four letter mm-hmm. word, but I think mm-hmm. I'm messing this. When sometimes the red I'm line doesn't. Do like, there's no
3: red line under it, and you're like, that shit doesn't look right. Something's right. Like, out. something's
5: yeah. weird. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. NFL coaches can overthink it too, sometimes, especially with how good of a receiver he was coming out. But mm-hmm. that's, that's another, that's another a story for another time. But yeah, no, I, I think Jameer Gibbs just, a, you know, he, I think that's a great fit for what the Lions want to do. And I, I think he's going to have a lot of success there. Good for yeah. him. I hope and, he
1: does great.
2: And, and, <laughs> and talking fantasy football, since, uh-huh. you know, we do have the, uh, The fantasy football league we we have going on. I could see him I he definitely has I think he's an RB two for sure.
5: A lot of touchdowns voided by Jamal Williams.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say I think he has the potential to be an RB one. And because of the pass catching
5: while we're talking fantasy football, um gosh, I'm gonna forget his name. Um he does he did used to work uh with uh with PFF. does a lot of great work for I believe FTN now. Um I'm trying to trying to pull up his account while well, I'm wasting time right now and I'm doing a while <laughs> okay. well, you're pulling that up. uh go ahead.
0: No, oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, and I love Jameer Gibbs for fantasy mm. as well because I'm not the biggest David Montgomery fan. Um yes. you know, I've not that he's bad or anything, I just have never been super impressed with him i think he's 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 an above average Mm -hmm. running back in the nfl where i think jameer gibbs has very mild sailing
5: right yeah Yeah.
0: jameer gibbs has really i mean special potential not just because he's a a rookie um but just just because of his unique skill set to to catch the ball
5: and uh break away what were you gonna say evan i was just saying um I, i can't remember the exact stat but i um talking about uh talking about fantasy football running backs. um, He did the math and each passing opportunity or reception opportunity alone, especially in PPR leagues is worth almost one and a half to two times as much as a carry. So Mm -hmm. if you got a guy who's getting five or, you know, seven, eight carries a game and three or four targets, that's the value of a guy getting 15, 16 and 17 carries in a game, right? So you're talking about those Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, pretty much handoff backs, right. you know, you get the 15 rushes for 65 yards and maybe the touchdown that week versus you get that higher floor with the PPR guys where you yep. you get yep. more of the reception guys, you get a higher floor, also because there's just a general higher yield potential of yards on a passing play for a running back than there is running. So just a little fantasy nugget there for y'all to consider while you're people like to diss on the guys like Kareem Hunt who were behind a Nick Chubb. But I mean, Kareem Hunt outperformed a lot of guys out there who were standard Mm -hmm. running backs who were getting
2: upside of of a guy like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially if you're playing in any sort
5: of PPR half or full. But yeah, yeah. Cool. that that you cannot underestimate the value of not always taking wide receiver early, but taking running back at the right time. Yeah. What that means for you. You know, whether that's a guy falling in your lap, not falling into the trap of, oh, the running back or, you know, the giant run on running backs just happened. I need to panic and take the next best guy, aka or you know, a la Billy Price with the Bengals, right? Oh, there goes my guy and the next best one. I have to take him now. So yeah, I, I definitely think that that's something people need to consider in PPR and have in our leagues. And I think, I don't
2: know if this guy's on here just because you said you were a huge Alabama fan. Hey. <laughs> but uh, Hey, he, Davos,
5: he, former Alabama, baby. All right. We don't forget <laughs> the roots.
2: But he's saying uh, sign T already, three year extension, $70 million, $30 million signing bonus, $50 it's mil guaranteed, wide receiver contracts full. Only I was gonna P. say I already knew that was Rowdy
0: before
5: he yeah. said it was. I, was I like, knew, I that knew. Exactly Thank you for who the super chat, was. Rowdy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's if he was willing to come for three years, seventy million, I think that would be money. Um, I talked earlier uh, about him being in that kind of DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, CD tier, right? If we, I always have this talk about when people say top five wide receivers, I would say in any order, right? Because I can hear any argument sure. for right. Tyreek Hill, Stephen Diggs, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, like any of those guys, you could put them one through four, and I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's that next tier of like Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, CD Lamb. I see T in that like one B tier, right? Yeah. And those guys are generally making about $25 million a year APY, right? Not cap hit. Um, so if he was willing to come for three years, 70, I think that's less than those guys overall. So I'd be... 100%. So I personally would expect more of like a 3-year or 4-year deal at like 26, 27 cuz we know how you look at the offensive lineman pay and sometimes there's guys making like 5 million and then there's guys making like 5 million 1,000 and it's very obvious what's happening here like right then the next guy makes like 5 5 million and a half and it's like okay I'm picking up what you're putting down right so yeah. I think there might be a little bit of that, but I just I don't see the evidence at this point as much as I love T to say you deserve to be paid like Devontae Adams, like Tyreek Hill, to be right. up in that twenty-eight, thirty million dollar stratosphere.
0: Do you, do you make anything of these cryptic tweets he's been sending this week with, like, there's this emoji saying it's tea time. There's the one with Jamar Chase going to make it a face. I'm like, what um, is this? He's got everyone going crazy. I'm like, He could just be messing with us.
5: So, yeah, no, he might Mick be. Nick did the
0: same thing, right?
4: Did no.
5: he? At the same time, um, there's people I trust who, who talk to, you know, people within the organization or talk to players and yeah. – two of those people that I trust are Malik, right? And my buddy, Zim, Zim Hude, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zim is very tight with the players. Malik has some very good sources in the organization. These are two guys I trust and every word from them from the get-go has been the intention is to retain T sure. and T's intention is to come back. Right. So between all of that, is there something to the tweets? Maybe like maybe he's teasing. Like maybe the deal is already pretty much hammered out. Now they're right. working on, you know, timing of payments and stuff like that. Um, Maybe he's poking fun at that. Maybe he's teasing at that. But based on, like I said, what Malik's told me, what Zim has told me, it seems like every intention is to keep T. Higgins. And I would be, I imagine this organization would be very deflated if they let T. Higgins walk. Mm-hmm. I think that means a lot yeah. to them. The so, fan base yeah. would. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I, please. I was just going to say, I,
0: I absolutely believe the Bengals want to keep him. I absolutely mm-hmm. believe that T wants to stay here. It's right. more so of Maligata. but at what cost, you know, because every, everyone's going to have their threshold. And we don't know what T's threshold is and we don't know mm-hmm. what the Bengals threshold is. So that's my only of like, I don't know if it's going to happen. And obviously mm-hmm. you have the reputation of Dave Malagatta's as agent. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, Negotiates over the market deals right. um, historically. So,
5: so if he's so, looking at like, oh, yeah, T deserves that 29 or 30. Yeah, if he's Ty-re- trying to get 30 mil, Ty-re- it's like, is Tyreek is at 30 APY, but it's really like 27, 28. Right. Um, when you get and to the funny money stuff. And, is, and in the, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. no, no please. please. The, the,
0: the other part of it is I don't know that we have the urgency to extend T because we are in a position where he's still on his rookie deal mm-hmm. and if we get to a position where he's in the last year of his deal and we can just franchise him um, you know so it's not like we need to do something now where he's gone and I don't think the uh, relationship would break down enough that he would hold out or demand a trade or anything like that because mm-hmm. you know it seems like they have a great relationship that's why I'm pessimistic about a deal getting done i hope i'm wrong it's easy to look at david yeah.
5: mulgetta and go exactly oh, man, it's over right he's like um, the boogie man of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> agents um i you know what let me let me look um, Yaga. i was curious uh okay so tj Watt is caa i don't know if that's uh if that's with Mulgeta or not um sure. Sure. I was curious because I remember TJ Watt, and this doesn't happen often, right? Usually players will defer to their agents and let them handle the money thing. It's much cleaner that way. Um, We've seen that with the Lamar contract, right? And how things can get bared either way. Um, But TJ Watt is someone who said, there's been too much haggling over the number. You know, Mm -hmm. like you guys are saying 2 million under, you're saying 2 million over, we're going to meet in the middle. And TJ went around his agent's best wishes and said, I want to be here. This is enough. It's fine. Yeah. If David is sitting there saying, I want 30, and the Bengals say, we think T is 26, and T goes, you know what? 26 or 28 is enough for me to just sign on the dotted line. I want to be here. I want to play with Joe. I want to play with Jamar. Right. I I think that's a good deal for him. I I think we've seen wide receivers chase money for – if you even want to call them greener pastures, probably browner pastures for being (laughs) honest and suffer because of that. Right. Um, Yep. And so I I think T may be looking at that and saying, you know what, what's the difference between 26 and 28 million for me, I'll take that extra money to keep Joe and keep Jamar and stuff. So maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that going on, but I do understand your concern of David Mogetta. seems to always just like, Hey, we're going to get the most we can for you which if you're arguing T Higgins is a wide receiver one, like I, I understand, but I just, I, I don't, I, I'm not putting a lot of water in that bucket for that yeah. argument.
0: So hopefully they're that close and it's not, uh, right. you know, a 30 million and a 21 million or something right. like that, where. It's a lot harder
5: if T's yeah. just like, Hey, I'll go where the money is versus like if, if the Bengals want him back and T is telling his agent, I want, I want to be back. I think there's some middle ground to be had there. Yep. i hope so i do too i hope like hell man i really do i i think back to what happened with marvin jones and muhammad sanu walking Ugh. and spending the next three to five years going God, wouldn't it be great if we had a receiver outside of AJ who could do anything at all? Like, wouldn't Marvin be Jones no especially candy? hurt me and, when he left?
0: I really want Marvin to stay, and yeah. I
5: and I get that they went for different reasons. Where Muhammad said I can be a true number two, and Marvin said I can be a true number one, and that you know that's that's how things worked out. But you know, it, I think they might be looking at that and saying, you know what, we've got something really special with these quarterbacks and these receivers, like. Let's, let's keep this together and figure it out later. And Marvin Jones, credit to
0: him. He's he's had a hell of a career. I mean, the oh, fact that yeah. he's still in the league, plugging along and being productive.
5: Didn't he have another like four touchdown game just out of Delaware yeah. like just a year Every ago? Every year I,
0: he has a four touchdown <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah. And then Muhammad's
5: new just throws for one, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. I remember that. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Good times. <laughs> what all is right. that now? Well, nine for nine on
2: passes? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would be remiss since this is about the only time we can have Joe one. Before we get off here, we got to know the falling asleep on the park bench story. I oh, he wasn't was... going to get away from it. Damn, he not... wasn't going to get away from it. That's so why I kept asking
0: questions <laughs> so I didn't have to be asked about this. All right. This is Let really me set bad. it up. All right. You know go me ahead. Set it, up? set it up. Set it up. It's, it's it a is. whole goddamn story behind it. It you involves
3: know. more than Joe. Like everybody left, and the only people left there at the uh, Little Miami Brewery Company was me, Joe, and uh, Strawberry Ice.
0: Yeah, we we're and there for the Ted Karras since he had That's it just then.
3: because Strawberry Heist stayed around so Joe could buy him about fifteen more fucking <laughs> shots. <laughs> I know. I saw
0: my bill at the end. I was like, damn. If you're
3: listen, Evan, if yeah. you're ever out with Jeff and he says, Hey, you want a drink? Say no. I was because gonna say, easy. I gotta go You want to buy beer drink
5: still, yeah. You want a shotgun a beer? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. man, this is a bad idea. Listen, but all he'll right, go, yeah, why not?
3: You'll go, Hey, Evan, you want a drink? You go, Yeah, we got all right, buy us one. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> he did that to me many so times Joe,
3: Joe's going to Uber back to his hotel Because he lives all the way up there in Columbus So he got a hotel down there And I said well I'll just drive you So then we go out to my truck I call Big Fancy We go get a Big Fancy Joe grabs the front uh, Jeff goes getting get in the back And I got that trash thing Hanging off the back of my seat there He's like what's this? This gotta go This gotta go And I'm like So And then on the way to the hotel He keeps yelling at us That we're going to get in the pool Joe doesn't give a fuck because Joe drunk as fuck, too. Both <laughs> of them are drunk as fuck, man. <laughs> Lucky I made it there without puke. But So when we get there, Joe gets out. We give him the signed jersey. You can see the Ted Karras autographed jersey behind Joe that we're giving away in our fantasy football league. But Ooh. Joe gets out, and he leaves. All right, bye, Joe. See you later. All right, Jeff gets back in the truck and immediately says, I got to piss. We're sitting in front of a hotel. I got to drive all the way back from Delhi, you know, to back to Delhi. We're sitting in front of a hotel, Jeff. Go in there and pee. So he goes in and pee. Joe shows back up and he's standing there, you know, burning one, talking I don't to me, bullshitting. Huh? I don't remember any of this. <laughs> you know, so he's talking to me. My first time hearing this part. He's talking to me, smoking a cigarette. I didn't know what the fuck happened. He just popped back up. Apparently he went and put that stuff in his car and then came back. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff comes out of the bathroom and uh, gets uh, something about his wife calling, you know. And uh, he gets in the truck and we get ready, say bye to Joe and we leave. Next day we find out, fucking go yeah, ahead, Joe, so, that's your setup.
0: Yeah. So I don't remember any of that part. I do remember getting dropped off. I was the then... sober one. Believe that shit. <laughs> I think I, I got sat down. School, right? I yeah. sat down on the bench right outside the hotel and I think I went to go smoke a cigarette or something. I remember scrolling on my phone and I remember feeling real tired. And then the next thing I remember, I wake up, I'm laying down on this bench now <laughs> and there's a police officer over top. Oh, base. no.
5: <laughs> and
0: I'm just like, fuck, did I drive? And I look around, I'm like, no car by me. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And I'm yeah. like, hello, officer. He's like, Are you okay? And I was just like, Yep, just got a little sleepy. He's like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, kind of explained. I said, Oh, well, you know, we were at this, you know, event. I was like, Are you a Bengals fan? And he's like, Yes. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, we were Ted Cares doing da-da-da-da-da. You know, Trying to like be friendly with them and he's like, um, so well, we were about to call the um, paramedics because we had a hard time waking you and we weren't sure if you were breathing. <laughs> and I'm just like, Yeah, I I overserved myself. I'm really sorry. Said who
5: day. I mean, come on, man. Wouldn't you just get yeah. black out? Yeah.
0: I was like, I, I overserved myself and you know, I remember all of this. And then uh, he's like, "Okay, well, you know, gets my ID and everything like this." <laughs> like, "Are you are a guest here, right?" I said, "Yes," <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, I show them my room key, and they're like, "Okay, well, we're gonna talk to the hotel management staff who called us and see if you're allowed to stay here." Still, <laughs> what time was it
1: No drunk, I mean, drunk people in our did hotel. Did you drop me off?
3: I don't, midnight.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it was probably like 12.30. It it was shortly thereafter. Uh, And then, uh, you know, he's just kind of talking to me. And he's just like, you look really upset. I said, because, you know, I was waiting for the other officer to talk to this hotel staff. And I was just like, I'm not upset. I'm just a little embarrassed. You guys have better stuff to do than deal with my drunk ass. (laughs) Really sorry. And uh, the other cop came back and she's like, all right. Yeah, they said it's fine, but you have to go directly to your room. Do not yeah. pass go got, and got go grounded. to sleep.
3: He <laughs> got grounded on his vacation. Yeah. He <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, really officer. Sorry. He's <laughs> so, yeah, a bad boy. Your saying.
3: wife wanted to marry a rebel.
0: Man. <laughs> yeah, I was my. I told my wife that story, and she was just cracking up. I'm like, I'm like, you know i don't i don't i don't go out and drink like that i don't go out to bars very often anymore i'm 39 i got two young kids like i don't do that stuff anymore
3: it's good so, though sometimes you need that it was every fun i let
0: loose every once in a while yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway there's a the story
3: so yeah the lesson you learned from that evan is don't fucking come out with us it might <laughs> it might end up like might end up like the hangover yeah, exactly. Yes, possible. Right. We don't, don't
5: need that. My all, girlfriend would not be happy.
2: Yeah, all <laughs> of the co-hosts of Bengals and Brews, I think, have a story like that.
0: Yeah. Can't it again. Not me. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't it's have any time. stories
3: like that. For Loco? Yeah. <laughs> hey, on the, uh, on the 330 show, we were talking about Lou Anna Rumo's defense, and we are talking about how fucking crazy it is, and I called him For Loco. <laughs> oh, there you go. For Luko, awesome. because that defense right, yeah. is crazy. It'll get you fucked uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, For Luco.
2: All right, Evan. Well, we appreciate you giving us more than enough Yeah, yeah.
5: thank you so just, much, like, Evan. that has been a blast. Having me on, man. Point, Talking yeah. Bengals with you guys is always a good time, so I appreciate you having me on. It could be a 24-hour we'll show, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I was going to say, I think everybody's significant others might be a little upset with that one. Not yeah. Mike, I
3: she's think, just chilling on the couch
2: She's good I think an hour ago when, when my wife came on here And said, hey guys, I think that
0: was her cue That was probably the side Mike, of like that You're that to, yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> hurry it up
5: <laughs> Yeah, she starts playing the Grammy music
3: <laughs> Once you, uh, Hey, once you get out of that 20 years married, man They just chill on the couch and they'll give a fuck what you do
1: yeah. like, oh, He hasn't been He's bothering
5: your, me for a while all all Right.
1: great. Yeah. right If I go up
3: there now, she's like, what's going on with you? Isn't your show still going on? Aren't you <laughs> want to go downstairs? What are you doing
0: here? Evan, yeah. anything you uh, want to plug or tell people how to, how oh, to find it before we
5: go? Uh, we have a wonderful Bengals uh, show, State of the Jungle, on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Um, you can check Malik Wright's Twitter, who many of you probably follow. You can check my Twitter, at emcphill. And we will always be tweeting out links and live, uh, live show links. Uh, we love to interact with you guys, kind of have viewers ask questions and interact with you guys through the show. We'll always be tweeting out and kind of sharing content there, too, as well. So we'd love to have you guys on there. Appreciate all y'all watching and uh, tuning in for Bengals and Brews.
3: Santori loves your face.
5: <laughs> hey, Santori. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you.
3: He made a chicken parm. If you want some, just let him know.
5: Oh, man. Yeah. No, put that in the little to-go box. <laughs> there and, you know, go. Drop yeah. me the addy. Drop me the pin. We'll pick it up.
3: Yeah. Hey, that first <laughs> star, man, they're doing some big shit over there. Aren't they, they are, man. I, they oh, brought dang.
5: Joe on. They, they brought the heavy hitters, man. So they got, got deep ass rockets
3: over there, man. They're cornering the market.
5: You, you got Malik. You got Dave Lapham. You got but, Joe Goodberry. I mean, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hide show? in the closet over there and let them do their thing. Like, I don't need to be there. <laughs>
3: Evan, pitch it to him. Bring on Brangles and Bruise. From brought to you by First Star. Logistics. Hey,
5: little little joint, little joint show. show. Why not? It's the after. Probably, we probably after swear 10 too PM. much. We'll,
3: yeah. we'll make it after ten p.m.
5: I gotta protect myself. Sometimes, man, you know, right. I curse like a sailor at work. You know, I gotta, I gotta switch yeah. the knobs sometimes. You see, you
3: bring us on and you and you give a couple <laughs> fucks on there, and then they go, Evan, God dang it, we told you about that curse. You like. What about these fuckers over in
5: back? Yeah, no, on I can bridge. look better by comparison, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right,
0: yeah. That's what we're here for to make everyone else right. look better. Everyone else yeah. is Boy Scouts compared to right, yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks again, it, Evan, thank for you. all your time. Hood day, everybody. Hoodé. Houday. Hood day,
1: baby! Let's go! It's time! Twice, Cincinnati we go rise enough. In the jungle, we unite in Black and white Full day when we fight Women die in these stripes uh. Now who got a move rocking on? Stripes. Now who wanna move stripes. Close and on? Stripes. Now who wanna move on? If you got stripes Then you let the city know You rock em. Yeah we got em Yeah we fought em. Yeah, em Like that black and orange up